1: What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. You guys, Derek and Cody with you as always. Guys, we're going to break down dream offseason number two. All right, we did this video, I think, maybe a week or two ago. Uh, That was before our potential leading candidate uh, for head coach, Ben Johnson decided he wanted to return to the lions. So now we kind of have to do a little bit of a, recharge on this, but we're going to go into a little bit more detail on some things other than just the head coach and uh, the quarterback situation. We'll pro- we'll discuss some cuts, potential trades and some potential signings of other t- from other teams and re signings as well for the off season. So we're going to start it off here, but Cody, we might as well start with our top four coaches. Now these, uh, these are not the only four coaches that we're willing to consider. Okay, guys, we're basically saying these four for us are in a league all their own. And that these are guys that if any of them came to the Indianapolis Colts, we would have absolutely no issues with it whatsoever. Uh, One of those being Brian Callahan, the offense coordinator for the Bengals, Uh, Mike Kefka, the offense coordinator for the Giants, Steichen, who is the offense coordinator for the Eagles. And Ryan's, who is a defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Uh, The only problem here, Cody, is that three of these guys are still in the playoffs. So we have interviewed. uh, I think I don't we did. We do our interview with Callahan already, or is that still scheduled?
2: Um, I believe they already have. I believe they already have
1: from the time we recorded this. I believe we already have. So we have interviewed two of the guys. Uh, D'Amico Ryans was supposed to interview with us this weekend, but unfortunately they had their game coming up and he had a whole bunch of more interviews from other teams. So he ended up canceling a lot of the interviews that he had over the weekend just to be able to, uh, be prepared for this game, and he might reschedule some of these for the oncoming week. Uh, but yes. what do you to, feel, Cody? To answer about your question.
2: For- yeah, to answer your question, they interviewed Brian Callahan a few days ago. So okay,
1: yeah, that's I can't even
2: remember. It's hard to keep up with all the guys. You know, <laughs> we've had so many requests
1: for interviews, guys. I'm just I see all your requests on I see all your things on Twitter of you guys getting requests for interviews for the Indianapolis Colts, and I believe them half the time
2: because <laughs> you haven't gotten yours yet, Derek. I'm sure you'll be getting. No, yours I in haven't the mail gotten
1: mine soon. yet. I hope they call me at some point. I would love to be able to be on this coaching staff.
2: I already got mine, and and so it was great. Um, I just basically said, if you don't draft a quarterback, I think he might have a ride on your hand, so that was basically <laughs> all I said, and I said, I don't need to say anything more. Do what you need to do. Um, but anyways, yes. Uh, I would say any of these four guys, while the other guys I'd be perfectly fine with, I think these four guys are the true difference makers, and I think one of the people, you know, somebody would say, I'm sure they'll have people that say, really? Mike Kafka's on here after that performance against the Eagles, but I mean, let's just be honest. The the Eagles are so, far superior, more talented than the Giants were. I mean, that's just that's just facts. That's just what it is. And, yeah. you know, the fact that the Giants were in the playoffs at all, at all, I think are in a large part due to Mike Kafka and what his offensive staff was able to do with literally not, barely any talent. Outside of Saquon Barkley, you know, proven talent, who do they have on their roster? They have nobody. What he was able to do with Daniel Jones – you know, a quarterback that a lot of people said, you know, scrap him. He's trash. He's terrible. But he was able to do with him this year, I think, goes a long way. And so I think he deserves to be in this list for sure. Um, and all these other guys, for obvious reasons, what their units have been able to do, been some of the top units in the NFL, you know, Callahan, obviously, what the Bengals were able to do against the Buffalo defense, which, mind you, is a really good defense should show you why in my opinion Derek I know he's kind of one of the newer candidates from when you last did you know the first dream off season I think that catapults him to definitely the top 5 maybe even the top candidate at this point because you look at all the all the quarterbacks he's had to work with um you know Peyton Manning he's worked with Peyton Manning he's worked with Matthew Stafford you know he he's worked with so many guys he's helped develop he's been critical in developing Joe Burrow into the quarterback that he is. I know Burrow is a very talented guy, obviously coming out of LSU, but like what he's able to do in the progression that Burrow has shown, I mean, you got to give Callahan some credit. He's definitely a guy that's paid his dues. He's been in the league for a while, and I think he's more than a qualified candidate for this position. And he knows how to utilize and maximize the talents of all his players. I mean, that's something that we said the Colts just, there was a knock on the Colts the last two, three, four years, is like it wasn't the talent necessarily. It was the use of the talent in certain areas, right? When Mm -hmm. the Colts had Naheem Hines not using him. We saw especially this year when Paris Campbell was healthy, not being able to be used. Just like things like that, that you know, Callahan has shown that he's willing to use every single player in his arsenal, right? To to his advantage. And so, you know, the fact that the Bengals are again back to another AFC championship, two straight years should tell you everything and just the progression of Joe Burrow from his rookie season to where he is now he's definitely one of those top guys talk about Shane Steichen what he's been able to do with Jalen Hurts here this year turning him into an MVP kind of candidate you know this year um, from where he was you know, there were some questions as well about him right as a quarterback and what Steichen was able to do as the primary play caller in Philadelphia is huge and he's been able to learn under Nick Siriani as well and Obviously, the Eagles have a ton of talent offensively, but they've been able to maximize that to the full full extent there. And, you know, they were able to just completely blank the Giants and be, you know, pretty much unstoppable on offense all year. So, him and then obviously D'Amico Ryans, we already know. Everybody knows my feelings on D'Amico Ryans as a coach, former player, played for Houston for a number of years. And, uh, you know, he's just a guy that can get the most and will maximize the talents. You know, the only defensive guy in in the top four here. But I think he's just that good of a candidate, Derek, where you he brings, need to the juice, he brings the juice, baby, brings the juice. Absolutely <laughs> does. And I think he would week in and week out. And that's what this Colts team needs, man, because how many times were they just sleepwalking through games last year? I mean, D'Amico Ryan's ain't going to let that happen, man. I, I'm just going to tell you that right now. That's not happening under him. So. Yes, he's definitely a guy that I, I have to have him on my top four, 100%, um, because I just think he gets the maximum out of his players. You know, Personally, and kind of knowing where the Colts currently are, You know, we talked about it on another video, they don't have the quarterback or the head coach figured out. So I think it makes a lot of sense to go the offensive route, to go and get an offensive ma- mind like a Shane Steichen, like a Mike Kafka, like a Brian Callahan, just because it makes a lot of sense to just marry those two guys together and just ride with them and let them develop that quarterback. And we'll get into it in a second who we would prefer. And I think a lot of people know, listen to this pod. Um, but yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense, but I have to put Ryan's on here just because of what he's been able to do. And I do think he'd be able to bring a pretty good offensive coordinator over here too. So I could mm-hmm. see that being an option.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned it, you know, the quarterback that you have to bring in to match with this, uh, with this new coach that you're going to bring in and you know, there's, there's a couple of guys, you know, the top four, we've all heard the positives and the negatives about some of these players. And of course, you know, it, depending on the coach that you bring in, that's really going to make it depend on who you want. But I think you and I were talking about it off off air a lot. We were talking about if you brought in a guy like Steichen, Kafka, or Callahan, we feel that the best case scenario for the rookie quarterback that you want to bring in is CJ Stroud. Uh, and especially for Brian Callahan specifically, um, I think he's worked with a lot of quarterbacks, Cody. That their player comp is very similar to CJ Stroud. The way CJ Stroud moves in the pocket, the way CJ Stroud throws the football, the way he goes through progressions, the the natural born leader that he is. You know, I think that is a kind of guy that Brian Callahan specifically could really get the most out of a guy like CJ Stroud. You also, we talk about Kafka, you know, his, uh, knowledge of being around a bunch of good quarterbacks. Most recently, uh, Patrick Mahomes. And then you saw what he's done with Daniel Jones. You feel confident that he came in. He could get CJ Stroud to open some things up. Shane Steichen knows how to run an offense. He knows what he's doing. D'Amico Ryan's not sure exactly how he would develop a quarterback, but I do know he would be a great mentor for a young quarterback coming into the league. But Obviously, everyone's going to have their differing opinions on this. There's Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. Some of you say that we shouldn't even draft a quarterback at all. But I think you and I both agree if we were wanting it to be our dream scenario, CJ Stroud paired with any of these four coaches would be the best case scenario.
2: Yeah, and I know you won't agree with this one, but I'd throw in Lamar there just because of an electric play caller he is. And uh-huh. the lack of offensive weapons he's had around him outside of Mark Andrews, obviously, um, like I wouldn't be opposed to that. I know you're going to have to spend a lot and that's going to kind of hurt you in, in He cap turned down one
1: hundred and thirty three million fully guaranteed. Right. And again, this is
2: dream. So I'm not saying this is a reality, but like if he becomes right, yeah, available, this is dream, yeah, you know, like I wouldn't mind that. Um, you know, I do think I'll go back just real fast because I know there's going to be some people I've seen them in the comments saying, You guys are just so in love with CJ Stroud. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Why are you giving Bryce love? No young look. I think Bryce Young right now is a better quarterback than CJ Stroud. I'm gonna say that I do think he is. I think he's more electric, I think he's more dynamic. But like, I'm thinking long term longevity in the NFL. We saw this with rg 3 and Andrew Luck. Now, I'm not comparing those two because it's not a comparison, you know, at all between this class, but. What I am saying is I'd rather have a quarterback that has the arm, that has the size, and just I think is gonna last longer in, in today's NFL. Like it's not like CJ Stroud's a statue back there either. It's not like he can't run. He's not as dynamic as Bryce Young, but I just feel like the the physical attributes, he obviously has the mental attributes and talking about the leadership as well. Like those are all things. And and I saw a report actually, I think earlier today that you know, what C.J. Stroud was able to do, obviously I know that Ohio State didn't didn't win that game at the end of the game uh, against Georgia, but the poise that C.J. Stroud showed, I think, really impressed and left a big impression on a lot of scouts, and I would think the Colts would be one of those teams. Um, and so I just think it makes a whole lot of sense to go, Well, I think maybe C.J. Stroud's just a tiny bit more raw, I think Bryce Young's a little bit more ready-made, you know, right now to maybe go make it, so I think he might be like a, you know, kind of like what we saw with RG3. He might go win Offensive Rookie of the Year, but I think longevity's sake, I'd rather go with the C.J. Stroud because of those reasons. And some people will disagree. I think the height thing, obviously, a lot of people say, why are you judging height? But, like, it is a factor. You can't just ignore it. You can't just act like it's not a thing. Because uh-huh. it is. And so... It's hard because like I don't want to just judge a guy because I know Bryce Young is supremely talented. He's one of the better prospects in a couple of years, um, you know, just as a pure player. But I just I struggle with that because as much as good as he might be, that stuff does matter. That stuff really does matter. Um, now if it was just completely like not even close, then I'd say, "Yeah, you go get Bryce Young." But I think Stroud showed enough to me, and obviously it resonated with scouts as well where I would feel more than comfortable trading up with number one with Chicago and going and getting him because I think he has that potential to be that good. I really do. Um, People, you can disagree with me on that, and that's totally fine. But I just think it makes a lot of sense to pair one of the best offensive minds with one of the best rookie quarterbacks. That is the recipe to me, Derek, for success in this league Mm -hmm. long term.
1: You won't won't catch me. Yeah, You won't catch me disagreeing with you here, man. I I totally agree with you. I think from a longevity perspective, you're right. I mean, maybe Bryce Young, the first two years in the league, might actually be better than CJ Stroud. He might be. And you know what? I mean, Kyler Murray, the first couple of years that he was in the league, took the league by storm, right? But look at what we're seeing right now with Kyler Murray. What has happened to yeah. him over the last year and a half? That's,
2: uh, but to be fair, that's more of an immaturity thing with Kyler. I don't think Bryce Young has that, but I know what yeah, you mean. Like You're right. Just, you're right.
1: It's it's definitely been an immaturity thing. Um, I just think that from, I'm not even just talking about specifically like the play itself. I'm talking more of along the lines of, Obviously, the offense has struggled. Um, but And, you know, maybe Bryce Young goes into a situation with a better coaching situation, too. Uh, clearly, the Cardinals didn't have a lot of faith in Cliff Kingsbury. Um, but also, yeah. you know, Kyler's been getting hurt recently. And, you know, it, it, with his size, you, you question it because it, it's it's no denying that quarterbacks like Kyler Murray that are a lot more run than they are throwing – uh they don't last very long in the league anymore, man. They never really have, they never really will. You know, so it's kind of tough to ha- be in that kind of situation where, you know, your quarterback's best attribute about him is his ability to run. I mean, there's a few guys in the league that have made that, you know, a reality, but it, it just it just doesn't work very well longevity-wise in the NFL. And I ain't trying to get a quarterback in 5 years that's going to have multiple Leg problems and you know things like that. I mean, I just don't, I just don't want to see it, you know. And I I'd question, I don't think that Bryce Young has as good of an arm of somebody like what Russell Wilson first had, and you know, it's going to be a, a question mark on whether or not you know Br- Bryce Young is even going to be as good as uh, Russell Wilson was ever was. You know, that sort of situation. But um, again, it, it's it's a it's a game of you know checking the X's and O's and. You know these scouts know a lot more about these X's and O's than what we do. Uh, clearly, we'll figure it out one way or another. But you know that's that's one thing. Uh, the court, the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts definitely needs the most important thing. We obviously think Stroud might be the best case scenario long term. But again, that's that's up for another discussion at another time too. But uh, the uh, next thing that we'll kind of go into is guys that we're willing to cut or trade this off season from the current roster as it stands. Uh, let's see the guys who we are thinking of cutting is, uh, quarterbacks, Matt Ryan and Nick Foles. And all you could actually, we even talked about this, the idea of cutting Mo Cox as well. Um, Here's the thing. I don't think any, there's no reason that you would be able to trade him because there's no way that somebody's going to take him for $8 million a year. It's just not going to happen. It was a really bad contract by Ballard uh, in the first place. So if you were to cut Matt Ryan and cut Nick Foles and cut Moali Cox, you're saving over $20 million in cap space this year, which is huge from a situation of if you want to sign a big name free agent of some kind, then that's important to have that extra cap going into this off season. And when we talked about potential trade situations, uh, we heard about Ryan Kelly. Uh, we we heard about trade rumors with him. Kenny Moore is another one that we've talked about being traded. He went, he hit this season has not been good damn. him. He, it was his worst season that he's ever had. From a play perspective, uh, I, I don't know what his future is going to pertain to. But uh, there's some other guys that are potentials for uh, trade rumors out there. But that's just all the guys that we thought of off the top of our head. What do you think here, Cody? I mean, what do you think of these cut and trade scenarios for the Indianapolis Colts right now?
2: I think the first two are givens. So you have to do those. There's no question. You cut the two quarterbacks. I think it's just ridiculous that you sign Nick Foles to a two year deal. Like why? They don't understand that. That's kind of a dumb, you know, ultimately I guess it doesn't matter that much, but like that's still cap that you're just basically surrendering. You know, you're you're you have a casualty because of that. So I hate that. But yeah, I think Mo um probably needs to be cut as well, unless you can work your way down, which we'll see. I don't know if he'd want to do that, but like, you know, you really so you know completely like cut his contract to virtually nothing compared to what he's making right now which i don't think he'd want to do that so maybe it just make most sense to just outright cut him and uh you know look elsewhere to get another tight end somewhere um but yeah as far as the trade goes um i think Kenny Moore to me i think is more likely to get traded uh and i think mm. you know the most obvious one is you know if you do trade up to number 1 with chicago does Kenny Moore get reunited with Matt Eberflus in chicago where he had some of his best years as a pro, you know, and I don't know how much value Kenny has coming off of the season he had with the struggles in play and also the injuries as well that he battled through. So I think the more likely one is Kenny, um, Ryan Kelly. He's really struggled. It feels like the last couple of years with some injuries, obviously had, you know, some off field stuff and we still, you know, wish him and, and his wife, Emma, the best there, but You know, from the play, simply, strictly from a play perspective, it just was not up to par this last year, especially. So, you know, do you look, considering what you're paying this offensive line and what they gave you, you know, Kelly's one of the main culprits there. So, you know, do you potentially just look to move on from him and and maybe you go and draft another center and you have him compete with Danny Pinter? Wouldn't be, like, opposed to that. Um, But, I think the more likely one, if you can't trade Ryan Kelly, I think you might just keep him. Maybe you rework the contract or something. Um, But I think the more likely one is Kenny.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, guys, you know, we're talking about these cuts, especially for Matt Ryan, Um, you know, cutting him would save 17 million just in him alone. Uh, So that one's a huge one. Uh, There's just no point in keeping him on the roster. Uh, So that's another one. And let's go into the signings and the re-signings. So we'll go with the signings first since there's less players to talk about. Um, I mean, let's be honest. We'll talk about this later on, guys, because it's going to be free agent talk. Honestly, there is not a lot of great free agent signings uh, for this year. Um, There's a lot of good names out there, but the problem is a lot of them are in positions in which the the Colts really don't need, uh, which, is, which is definitely a, a really crummy thing to think about. But yeah, there's really not a lot of players in premium positions in which the Indianapolis Colts really need them. Uh, your top free agents for the year are going to be... Uh, are going to end up being Orlando Brown Jr., who's the left tackle for the Chiefs, uh, who knows if he's even going to leave because he's going to end up you know, getting a, a massive contract. He's probably going to get one of the biggest contracts, if not the biggest contract for a left tackle in NFL history at this point. And then there's Tom Brady, Deion Jones. Again, you don't need a linebacker. Marcus Peters, you're a cornerback that's over the age of 30, you know, and is always hurt. You know, there's just so many different uh, free agents this offseason that are not in positions that the Colts really, really need and are willing to spend big ones. But there are two players at the same position. They're going to be free agents this offseason that if they don't get franchise tagged or refuse to sign their franchise tag, then they can test free agency. And I believe that, and I think Cody and I agreed on this, these two players are two players that we think the Colts, if they're looking to add an offensive weapon for the new quarterback that's supposed to come in, could really be a solidified weapon that could really help with developing the quarterback long-term. It's not a It's not a uh, a piece that's going to help in the wide receiver core, but it's the tight end group that would help. It's tight ends Mike Gusecki and Dalton Schultz. Both of these guys under the age of 28, both uh, in their primes, both tight ends that are going to be testing free agency this offseason. Now, if any one of these guys does not sign their franchise tag, if they get franchise tag once again, Cody, are are we wanting to roll the dice on Ballard saying, hey, one of these guys I'm willing to pay $12 to $15 million a year for to bring in and add another good weapon to this offense that we need?
2: I think it wouldn't hurt. Um, you know, it all depends, obviously, what you do with the Mo Alley-Cox contract. But yeah, I mean, these are two guys that we that we targeted last offseason, too. Like, we wanted the Colts to potentially look into both these guys. And, you know, Gasecki for as good as he is, it just really didn't feel like the Dolphins, like, used him um, a whole lot. Like, I think there was, like, a stretch where they really didn't target him. Um, So that I'm just like, I want to know why that was the case. You know, why did, why did Miami just not go to him a whole lot? At the end of the year, you know, he only had 316 receiving yards. You know, why is that? Dalton Schultz a little bit more targeted, you know, as well. Um, I'll throw in another name, just kind of a wild card name. And I don't know if he even leaves or not, but how about Evan Ingram in the back, the the bounce back year that he had in Jacksonville? I don't think he's going to leave the building in Jacksonville because I think he was a really big piece for them last year. But, like, that was a guy that we, like, looked at last year and we were like, hey, he's got potential written all over him. Why not bring him in, you know? And Jacksonville obviously saw that and they were able to utilize him to his full ability. But there's there's definitely some guys that are in their mid to late 20s at tight end that I think just offer so much more in the passing department, right? Um, and and Kylie Grantson, for as good as he was, you know, the Colts still don't have a true number one receiving tight end. You know, as good as both those young tight ends are, I think it'd be nice to have another option for that rookie quarterback. You know, I really do. I think you could never have too many pass catchers in today's NFL. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind really signing any of these three guys at tight end um, to just get your quarterback as many guys that can stretch the offense as possible. And I think either of those guys would do it. Um, so, yeah, I'd be good with with really doing that, considering how dry the market is. you know, playmakers this offseason and free agency, at least.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agreed with your comment that, you know, it it is about trying to find as many pass catchers as you can and adding a Dalton Schultz or a Mike Gasecki to this roster along with a Jelani Woods that you already have over there, right? Who's on a rookie deal. You don't have to worry about paying them. But for an offensive-minded coach, like a Steichen or a Kefka or a uh, Callahan that comes in with those kinds of weapons, I mean, that's a that's a heyday. That's a heyday. That would, it, 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 offensive coordinators dream to have a tight end room that talented because you can do so many different things with those tight end sets. So again, guys, it's, it's dream scenario. We know it most likely won't happen, but it's dream scenario. Um, but anyway, we'll finish this off with uh, four players from the group of free free agents for the Colts that that we think should be re-signed, and I think the four that we all agreed on was Rodney McLeod, Paris Campbell, Chase McLaughlin, and EJ Speed. Cody, why are these four specifically guys that we want to bring back?
2: Rodney McLeod had the best season of his career. I know he's kind of mulling around retirement. Really hope he doesn't. Hope the Colts can get get him back on a one year deal again. I think he's just so critical for those young safeties because obviously McLeod's not your future there. But, you know, if Nick Cross needs another year to sit behind and learn, like, you know, and Rodney Thomas needs some, you know, more mentorship in his second year. Um, I think it'd just be with, with how good he played in this defense and just the things that he was able to do, having career numbers, I think it's a no-brainer you bring him back. He was one of the bright spots in that secondary all year long. So a proven leader back there, you know, you found out. What happened when, you know, you failed to bring back some vet guys, right? You remember that when the Colts failed to do that, some of those young secondary guys, like I think Quincy Wilson, for example, like he just kind of fell off. Remember the impact Mike Mitchell had on him? I think it was a 2018 season, and then he just fell off when the Colts decided to not bring back Mitchell. Um, So I think, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I think it's nice to have a nice vet guy in there to just continue to help develop these young players back there. So McLeod for that reason, we'd already know about Campbell, what he's able to do, just the, you know, the the distinct skill set that he offers this Colts wide receiver room that's so different than every single player in that wide receiver room right now. He's going to be relatively cheap. He obviously when you get the ball in his hands, he's a playmaker. He could take it to the house any day, anytime he's got the speed to do so. And then McLaughlin, I mean he brought stability to the kicker position that's had some instability in the last couple of years. And then EJ Speed because simply I don't think that you are going to re-sign Okereke because he's going to want a massive deal and you've already paid Shaquille Leonard what you paid him. Jair Franklin had you know broke the franchise record in tackles, but you still need a guy in EJ Speed who plays special teams and also showed he can play some really good snaps at linebacker too. So I think these four guys are definitely locks as guys that I really think the Colts should make a priority to bring back 100. percent
1: Yeah, I mean, like we said, Rodney McLeod, you know, really outplayed uh, every expectation that everybody had about him. Uh, Paris Campbell keeps saying it all the time, guys. He was one of the best wide receivers in the entire NFL at gaining separation amongst wide receivers. But the problem is nobody was able to throw the football to him. That's not his fault. That's on the play callers and that's on the quarterback. So that's two things you got to fix. Chase McLaughlin made 85% of his kicks this year. It's been a while since we've had somebody uh, be that consistent for the Indianapolis Colts. I think it's imperative that you bring him back on a decent deal. And EJ Speed, again, EJ Speed has shown you when you need him to come in and play some valuable reps, he does uh, provide a good uh, opportunity for you. I do wonder, you know, Cody, I said it in the last offseason that in a few years, maybe EJ Speed will, you know, want to leave to, chase a better position, you know, chase a better opportunity somewhere else behind. I mean, he's the third linebacker in this group, I think, in in this season. Maybe he wants to go be a starter or a, you know, test his luck with somebody else's group and think that he can be a starter somewhere. You know, I I hate to say it, but I think that's going to be imperative if we don't try to bring him back. So that's another one. Uh, But I think that's going to do it for this one, guys. That's pretty much our dream offseason number two, okay? So you let us know what your dream offseason would look like for the Indianapolis Colts without, and I repeat, without talking about firing Chris Ballard, okay? I know there's going to be some of you in the comments that are going to do that. Try to be realistic here, realistic as as you can be with a dream offseason. I get that one. But uh, anyways, that's going to do it for this one, guys. Let us know your thoughts. Thank you again so much for all the support. And as always, go Colts.